Uh, welcome to a sub episode of the Hop Edition. Let's call this 4.5. Um, a serious episode for once from us, based on everything that's going off around the world. Um, we're going to talk about the elephant in the room. We're going to talk about coronavirus and how it might be affecting your brewing and things to bear in mind. Right, so unless you've coincidentally drunken yourself into a coma recently and uh, been passed out in the brew shed, I'm sure you're all aware of what's going on in the world at the moment. It's uh, crazy times. Pretty much unprecedented, really, isn't it, for any of us in our lifetime and, uh, you know, beyond home brewing and any other hobbies that you've got, really. There's uh, a lot of important and quite scary stuff happening that we all need to be taken quite seriously. So, yeah, we thought we'd do a little podcast just to discuss some of the stuff going on. It's not necessarily going to be um, all about homebrewing on this one. We might tie in a few little topics that are kind of related to brewing, um, which are also affected by this because everything is affected by this at the moment. But, um, yeah, we just wanted to basically talk about what's going on because it's pretty hard to really think about much else at the moment and um if you aren't thinking about it then you probably should be because it's really serious and i think everyone does need to be taking it seriously don't they chris absolutely um we've not seen anything like this since well since the spanish flu outbreak of 1918 really and that killed near enough 200 million people so yeah um it's quite a quite a serious one this one so for those of you that have been watching the news i'm sure you'll know all this but coronavirus is is a virus that allegedly some bloke in china got after eating bat soup um he's quickly passed it on to some people and china's now on lockdown because they ended up with a lot of people getting it and a lot of people dying it dying from it um, what other countries have been affected, Tricky? We've got Italy. Yep, Italy, I think, is the worst um, behind China. Uh, South Korea have had a lot of cases, although they seem to be coping with it pretty well. Um, and then, really, it's all the sort of European countries at the moment which seem to be suffering the worst with it. Um, Iran, actually, as well, is having uh, a lot of problems. But it's pretty much getting around everywhere at the moment. So. Uh, yeah, wherever you're listening to this podcast from, you're probably having to deal with this in some way or another by now. And uh, over here in the UK, it's um, the response is you know really escalating at this point now. So we are uh, recording this on March 17th. Yesterday, the government announced quite a few new measures to try and control things and it seems certainly to me like they're going to escalate quite a few of those measures further over the next few days i think um so yeah it's uh it's affecting everyone it's kind of changing what we're doing day to day uh pretty rapidly um so maybe we should just tell you sort of where we're at personally and what's happening uh in our lives sort of outside of brewing 
uh, first of all. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah, what's going on with you, Chris? Because uh, you've um, you've had to stay at home for a little bit, haven't you? Yeah, um, at the minute I'm working as a supply teacher and uh, Saturday morning I woke up with some aches and pains um, that, you know, you're coming down with something, aches and pains. Um, I left it until Sunday because sometimes you pick up a bug and 24 hours later it's gone. Found the agency I'm working for and basically they said, no, you're not going to work for three days. Um, we need to make sure that you don't have it. Keep an eye on your temperature, um, check in with us, make sure everything's all right uh, and make sure you don't get any worse. Uh, I've been through the 111 NHS in the UK. We have a telephone service to do with the National Health Service and you can phone them up or you can go online and check out various bits and bobs. And my temperature's never gone above 37.2, I think it was, um, which if you know how big I am that's not exactly uncommon so a little tiny bit of a temperature spike but nothing serious I don't have a cough I've got a bit of a sore throat and I can feel my nose is starting to run a little bit but my wife and my daughter have both had a, a snotty coldy type thing for the last three or four weeks so it was inevitable I was going to get it but such are the measures that have been put in place I've been told stay at home Yep, so not taking any chances there. And uh, yeah, obviously that's the sensible thing to do at this point. Myself, I'm still at work at the moment. Um, I work in education as well at a college, uh, further education college that is. And um, yeah, not entirely happy about the fact that we are still being asked to come into work there, to be honest. Um, there are a lot of arguments going both ways in terms of school closures and college closures and what education establishments should be doing. Um, my personal perspective on it, bearing in mind that my wife is currently pregnant, is that um, me exposing myself to unnecessary contact with people at the moment via work uh, shouldn't be happening, basically. So um, should not make. I am going to be working from home very soon. Um, regardless of what is being asked for um, from my workplace. But I do think that uh, decisions on that front are going to be made anyway very, very soon. Uh, all all indications from uh, what I've seen and what people who work within the sector are seeing is that basically people are gearing up for some sort of wider shutdown in terms of schools and uh, certainly colleges as well, probably, if not by the end of this week, uh, maybe by the next or at least over Easter and then following on from that, I think. Um, yeah, so, but uh, yeah, got to bear that in mind, obviously, because there's not much point. Um, my wife actually works in education as well, and there's not much point her removing herself from work in order to reduce um, contact as she as she has done already if I am still going to work myself and then potentially bringing all my contacts with others back into the house. So yeah, that's the reasoning for that. You know, we're not being um, too dramatic about it. That's really as far as I'm concerned, just following the guidance that we've been given from the government. So yeah, um, like I said, I think uh, 
there's a lot of arguments going both ways on the kind of education issue, but it does seem very strange at the moment that we have, on the one hand, people being told not to go into a pub where you might be uh, around you know, a handful of people potentially, because they're going to be pretty quiet at the moment anyway, um, versus being told that it's all right to go to work in a college where you are surrounded by um, a lot of, uh, let's try and put this nicely, but maybe not the most hygienic-minded of teenagers, particularly in the area that I work in. Um, And, you know, especially for college students, a lot of the uh, guys that we're teaching are not exactly what I would describe as risk-averse. So they're probably not thinking too much at this point about trying to ensure, you know, the safety of others by following guidelines on things like, you know, washing hands and reducing contact um, with others. So, yeah, it's a concern. Oh, I can fully imagine, mate. I mean, I've got I've got Abby at home, my little girl. She's only 18 months old. My wife works in the NHS, you know, so she's she's there with it. She's she's on the front line, so to speak. I got my little boy who's at a school around the corner from me, and you know, there's definitely two catchment areas that the primary that my son goes to draws from. One of which is, let's say, slightly better than the other one. Um, and there are some, and to be fair. Kids will be kids. They're never going to stop. They're never going to understand it. They're never going to be avoiding contact. But my son washes his hands regularly. You know, he coughs into the crook of his elbow. He's He's been shown properly at school how to mitigate the risks as best as a five-year-old can. And this is, I'll be honest with you, this is... It's not scaring me to death, but it's 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 a concern. It's a definite concern. And it's a concern for me on more than just personal health levels because I'm going to get political for a second and I genuinely think the government has, has cocked up by not ordering businesses to close. Um, but these are the Tories and they have to line their mates' pockets, don't they? So the... Um, if they'd have told businesses to close, especially small businesses, restaurants, bars, etc., then they could have claimed off their insurance for losses, maybe covered staff wages, maybe done that sort of thing. And um, all Boris has done is uh, told people to avoid going to these places, which means the insurance is not going to pay out. So we are looking at a lot of businesses folding, a lot of people not getting paid. Um we're looking at a, a real catastrophe for the economy uh, immediately after he lied to us about Brexit. Yeah, I'll nail my colours to the mast. I don't care. Yeah, so if you had any doubts about Chris's political persuasion, I think you know where we're at on that front now. But uh, yeah, it, that kind of brings us on to something that I wanted to talk about um, related to this, which is, as Chris has just said, it, this is going to have a massive impact on um particularly, you know, hospitality industries, um, bars, people who are supplying these places um, and, you know, related to our hobby, breweries and other, you know, drink suppliers and so on. And, you know, it's going to be really difficult to try and support those guys when you're being told that you shouldn't be going into pubs or bars or, you know, that's going to cover tap rooms and all these other places where you might congregate to have a drink. Today, 
I or run a homebrew club. Or, yeah, it, I was just going to say, uh, just today I've had to um, basically cancel the Bedford Home Brewing Club, which I um, organise for the foreseeable future. We are based in a, uh, or we are hosted even by uh, Beerfly, which is an awesome little craft beer, independent craft beer tap room uh, in the middle of town. And um, Tim, the guy who owns and runs that, is a great guy. It's a great little business. It's done really well in the first year and um, they've been great hosts to the, the club. And, uh, you know, I'm really concerned for him that it's going to be really difficult times. And I've said to all the members of the group that, you know, if it's safe for you to do so, please do your best to try and support that shop in any way that you can as we're going forwards. Because, you know, sadly, I think a lot of places, despite any of the measures that are, you know, hopefully going to be put in place, are still going to struggle and potentially um, have issues surviving in the long term because of this. For that particular um, example, I know that Tim is looking at some, you know, slightly alternative business models. Uh, they are actually switching to takeout options only for the shop. So you'll only be able to go in and, you know, buy beers to take away as opposed to actually drinking them in the shop, which hopefully some people will be willing to, you know, still go and do that. And I, you know, personally, I would not consider that too much of a risk versus, you know, going to a pub as such to drink in. He's also potentially looking at um, doing some sort of delivery model as well, local kind of beer deliveries later on. So as I said, I just hope that, um, you know, there's enough people supporting that to to get them through it. Yeah, my local brewery to me, the uh, the T-shirt that I'm wearing at the minute, the only trick you can see because this isn't a video. Oh, I'm going to wait for him to put his camera on so we can yeah, have a hang look. on. I haven't actually got you on the screen, mate. <laughs> oh, cheers, there. man. Well, it puts me off just work- when I've got to stare at your We're face. We're working the completely whole thing. in the blind. So anyway, yeah. yeah, he's flipping the bird at me. It's fair enough. Um, it's Wild Child he's got on at the moment. I'm wearing my Wild Child hoodie. Um, Kia McAllister Wild um, runs the Wild Child Brewery, which is not too far from me in Leeds. Um, his beers are right up my street. I really like them. And there was a message on Facebook earlier on that you can go in and buy cans They'll even do a delivery service if you order more than 35 quid's worth. They're also willing, I don't know if you said they're willing to ship them out, but I'd imagine if you were to contact him and say, will you do me a delivery? He'll do you a delivery as well. Um, There's some fantastic beers available from there. And, you know, if it weren't for the fact that I'm completely, you know, income down for the next few weeks, maybe a couple of weeks, whatever, um, I'd be I'd be nipping down there and spending 20, 25 quid on some cans just because it's important to support these businesses, these small businesses. They're not they're not John Smith's, you know, they're not vocation, they're not in every supermarket around the country. But the bottom line is that, you know, if you if you enjoy their beer and if you enjoy what they do and you support their business, then they're gonna remember that if they get through this. And I hope for the vast majority of them is when they get through this, because I think it's I think it's important that we appreciate this could last for months, months. We're not we're not talking a couple of weeks here. We're talking months. The reason why the government hasn't, you know, completely locked everything down and told everybody to stay in their house and not go to work and all the other bits and bobs is because 
they're trying to flatten the curve. Um, and what that means is that they're not, they're trying to not let the number of cases spike so high. They're trying to keep them below a level so that the NHS can handle it. They're also trying to delay the part where most people are going to get infected, get sick and potentially need hospitalization until later on in the year when the NHS generally isn't quite as bad because of the cold weather. Um, for some reason, the NHS is really bad in winter and not much better in spring either, to be fair. But uh, once we get to you know middle, late spring, early summer, a lot of the pressure on the NHS goes off and they're, they're already talking about cancelling all elective surgeries from the 14th of April, I think they said on the BBC website. So they're doing everything everything that they can to free up extra beds and apparently that'll get 30,000 more beds. You know, so if they can do that, then all well and good and we can help by following the hashtag stay inside and you know don't don't think this is a cold it, this is so much more than a cold yeah anyone who's still peddling that line i would say they do them a favor and give them a bit of a slap yeah because so, that is um yeah if you're still going along with that uh, line of thinking then you you really need to wake up and uh, smell the coffee because Governments are not going to be taking these sorts of measures and essentially crashing their economies into the barriers um, without good reason. Yeah, if there's one thing that you can um, assume that politicians are going to try and do, it's to keep the money flowing and keep the economy going. You know, there isn't really any interest for them in doing stuff that's going to affect that in a negative way. Um, especially not the Tories. Especially not the Tories, not deliberately at least anyway, as far as they're thinking. So stuff like this is, um, yeah, these things are happening for a very good reason because if they're not doing it, you know, we're going to be in a world of hurt big time. Definitely, definitely a massive world of hurt. And there's a lot of things that you as a member of the public can do to help. And I think as homebrewers, one of the things that we can do to help is if you're lucky enough to still have an income during this period, maybe you get, you know, told to work from home. Maybe you get told to just stay at home. <laughs> Don't come into work. We'll still pay you, but stay at home. If you're one of those lucky people, then if you can order from one of these shops, if you can order from, you know, your local homebrew shop, or even if you go to the malt miller or somewhere like that, or, you know, get a brood or whatever the rest of them are. Brew keg tap, cross my loof. These guys need your business. Um, they are they are companies that that thrive and make their living off of the interest of home brewers and the fact that we are the ones who buy our ingredients from them. So support these people. Um, do your brews. The bottom line is you're not going to be going out. You're going to need beer in. Do your brews. Keep yourself busy. Clean your kit. Work on some recipes. Measure the dead volumes and stuff. Keep yourself busy by using your hobby. There's a lot of things that a lot of people do not do. Oh, excuse me. That'll be the beer. Um, there's a lot of things that people do not do because they just don't have the time or they think it's going to take forever. Well, guess what? You're going to have time. You're going to have a lot of time. And, you know, I love my wife to bits, but anything more than 10 hours with her and I'm ready to stab someone. 
So yeah, why do you think we're uh, spending so much time in our sheds doing podcasts? There's uh, sometimes you need a little bit of a break, even yes, you do. even from your nearest and dearest. So yeah, keep supporting those businesses. I've, I mean, I think in the short term, at least, a lot of these home brew uh, retailers are actually doing pretty good at the moment because there's a hell of a lot of people kind of stocking up for this very reason. But I'm sure yeah. as this goes on and people start to you know, worry a bit more about budgeting and uh, their incomes that they're, you know, there's probably going to be a bit of a downward trend there across the board, not just for the, you know, brewing related companies, but for, for everyone um, business wise. So, you know, try and do what you can to support them. And the same goes coming back to the sort of breweries and tap rooms, you can still order beer direct from a lot of them and get it sent to you and things like that. So where you can, um, try and do that and uh you know just to mention a sort of one person in particular that i've thought a little bit about um harry brew who does the uh, uh a lot of youtube videos about his brewery that he's built from scratch himself and um recently he's just put uh put in a new restaurant and kitchen as part of his brew pub up in retford um some of us off of the brew tube group were planning on going up to visit there in june but you know i'm assuming now that that's likely to not be happening but you know that's uh that's going to affect um him pretty badly i imagine at the moment and uh i hope that he gets some sort of uh you know online postal delivery system going so that you can send some beer out because i'll certainly uh buy a few off of him um because he's uh he's been really big supporter of the homebrew communities come from homebrewing himself he's got a huge catalogue of videos that have kept uh, thousands of us entertained for many hours and uh, he seems like a top bloke as well so uh, all the best that's to what him. it comes down to mate yeah yeah it's what it comes down to we got these people who've come into our hobby who've come into our little world of home brewing and even those that sit just on the outskirts people who used to be home brewers who've made it to owning their own brewery or running their own pub or running their own tap room these guys need your support and i can i can 90% guarantee if you contact your local tap room and say i'm coming down with a keg it's only a 5 liter keg fill it for me we'll pay you job done i bet you they would i bet you they would because it's money in their pocket you know they're not they're not going to turn down money and it, it's important that we keep doing what we're doing we keep doing what we're doing, but I think we've doom and gloomed it enough. I think it's time to talk about some of the things that we can do with our hobby to entertain us during the two weeks of lockdown when somebody close to us gets told, well, you might have coronavirus, so everybody in your entire family is now going to stay inside. What do you reckon? What are you going to be doing when you get that call trick? Well, I've made sure that I've got the supplies necessary, first of all, so my... Coincidentally, my malt miller order arrived today. Um, I've got a nice 25 kilo sack of uh, Warminster Pale Malt, which uh, I haven't used any of their malts before, but I've heard that they are very good. They're a smaller kind of uh, craft maltster um, in the UK. And yeah, heard some good things about their malts. So I'll be making some stuff with those. I've got plenty of hops in, so I don't need to worry about that. The freezer is still in bountiful supply. Um, so Really, I'm not sure I'm going to be doing anything particularly special. I'm, like you say, I'm just going to have a lot more time to, um, 
you know, brew beer and probably drink it as well. But uh, yeah, probably try and avoid drinking it too much. Because um, one other thing related to this, it's all good being able to homebrew and keep yourself entertained and um, have a good stock of beer to uh, keep you going. But um, when you're brewing the beer and especially when you're consuming it, I think it's important to um, be sensible and not injure yourself so you have to end up going to the hospital. Uh for a different reason other than the infection, because they're not really the places you want to be heading to at the moment, are they? No, absolutely not. You want to be uh, you want to be avoiding lifting that full fifty liter kettle full of wort and then yeah. spilling it down your leg or whatever. And yeah, we don't we don't want any burns. We don't want we don't want any stories on any of the Facebook groups about oh check out this stupid thing that I did and now I'm in hospital. We don't want them. Be safe, guys, and look after those nearest and dearest to you as well. Oh, and one more thing. For God's sake, look after the elderly people because they're the ones most at risk. Most of them don't know they've got health issues if they've got health issues. Just teach them how to use WhatsApp and video chat them. I mean, (laughs) my dad now knows how to use WhatsApp, and when I phone him, all I see is a picture of the wall, but I don't care because I'm still talking to my dad. Yeah, and by uh, look after them, we do also mean stay the fuck away from them if you can, because, um, you know... Don't bleep that one out. That one does not need bleeping uh, out. No, I wasn't planning on bleeping any language out of this one, because I think, uh, yeah, when we're talking about something like this, sometimes you need to uh, throw a few expletives out there. But, yeah, seriously speaking again, just quickly, you know, if you're visiting people who are in those risk categories it better be for a you know damn good reason if you've got to do it and if it isn't don't you know like chris says keep in touch as much as possible it's really important to um you know maintain that contact and especially if people are on their own and isolated to try and keep them upbeat and uh feel like they're not completely out of touch with everyone but seriously you know you don't want to be going around and potentially passing something on that you don't even know you've got which um you know, for people in those categories, there is a very high chance that it could be very serious, um, if not very worse. Very much for so, them. yeah. So, yeah. My dad's 85 and he smokes 20 a day and he has done since he was 15. And I won't be going anywhere near him probably until September, August, September time. By the time things have died off and died down a little bit and it's not as much of a big thing as it was then I won't be going over to see my dad. And that hurts to say that, but I'm going to be video chatting him. I'm going to be phoning him up. I'm going to be bugging him senseless. You know, um, I, I talk to my dad on a regular anyway, love him to bits. He's, he's such a cantankerous, bad tempered, bald headed pain in my ass. Sounds familiar. But I talk, <laughs> but I talk to him two <laughs> to three times a week, mate. Cause I just love him to bits. And He's always got some quip or he's telling me that someone's died and, you know, it's it's always great fun to be able to talk to him, but he is such a cantankerous, bad-tempered, bald-headed coot. He really is. Does he drink your homebrew? Uh, only when I make stout. Only when you make stout. So, yep. yeah, you're going to drop off a few bottles of stout to him at some point and run away from the door as quick as you can? Well, I happen to have a little transportable um, keg set up with a tap and everything. Yeah. So uh, I'm thinking about doing a Guinness clone yeah. and um, just chucking in five litres with the soda stream bottle and the regulator and the tap and everything and saying, 
knock yourself out. Yeah, so I think that's something that, you know, as homebrewers we can maybe do to just help Spread some, the joy. Help some friends and family or whatever out is to share a bit of your beer around if you've got loads of it to spare and um uh that would just be a not you know nice thing to do really wouldn't it but um even with that there's probably a few little precautions that you might want to take uh let's uh bring chris in on this one because he's uh, got some info okay so there's been some research done by some people about how long this virus can actually survive on certain surfaces and it does remain virulent on some surfaces for quite a long period of time for a virus. So 24 hours on cardboard. So please bear that in mind when you're shipping out um, beer mail. For God's sake, don't use my herpes because um, it'll be like six days before it gets to the people and it'll be driven over by a forklift. And that's another infection you don't want as well. So Yeah, you, you don't want my herpes, no. Not my personal herpes. <laughs> I just don't want herpes. My herpes is fine. It plays songs. Have you been bottling your fine, beer naked again? I do it regularly. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's why that one that I sent to you had that unfamiliar tang. That was a strange off flavour on that one. It definitely yeah. tasted like Ryan Simcoe, yeah, didn't it? Yeah, teabagged. Um, <laughs> <laughs> dip, dip. Um, but it can live up to two to three days on plastic and stainless. Now, you'll have heard loads and loads and loads of things about how to get rid of this virus. Soap and water is what you need to use. Alcohol, hand gels, as a, as a, as a if there's no soap. Other than that, soap and water. So when you're washing things, don't be scared to put a little bit of washing up liquid in there Give it a good scrub, get that lather going, you know, wash the outside, wash the inside, wash your bloody hands, don't cough in anything. Um, but there's also the fact that the virus can remain virulent, so infectious, in airborne particles for up to three hours. Now, don't take this to mean that the virus is airborne, okay, because it... it it's quite a complex thing for me to explain, and we're trying to keep this podcast short, but it can survive in water droplets in the air in lab conditions for three hours. So that means if you go into a pub and somebody coughs and you're stood 10 foot away from them and the wind's blowing in your general direction, that virus is coming towards you. And because it's still virulent and it's going to be in water droplets, it could theoretically still infect you. So don't take this to mean that the um, that the virus is now airborne because it's not. Um, it just means that in water droplets, it can survive for about three hours. Easiest way to get rid of it is just clean everything. Okay, that'll get rid of it. The virus has a lipid coat, so it has a fatty coat. The best way to get rid of fats is with a detergent. So you need soap. Soap is a great detergent. I went to the supermarket and bought three bars of Wright's Cold Tar Soap. My wife reckons I'm a nutter until I showed her the actual action that that soap does in breaking down the, the lipid coat and then the virus dies. Okay, viruses technically aren't alive anyway, but the virus is then 
non-infectious. It can't work without its surface antigens. You get some soap on it, you destroy its protein coat, and it does nothing. So wash your fucking hands, you filthy bunch. Yes, uh, I think we get the message. Definitely washing, washing yeah. those hands. Wash your hands. So, yeah, there, there seems to have been a few brewing uh, forums and groups online that have kind of become obsessed with the question of whether Starsan is what we should be using in this case. And I think, you know, let's not uh, let's not think about relying on things like that, which uh, may or may not have some effect on the viruses, but uh, stick with the simple advice that Chris has just given you there in terms of washing your hands. And obviously, if you are bottling up beer to share with other people, that should be the number one priority. Make sure you've washed your hands. Um, if you are suffering any symptoms, it's probably not the best time to be deciding to send out beer mail to people or um, dropping it on people's doorsteps. But otherwise, I assume, you know, just uh, following those simple precautions and making sure you're doing everything as cleanly as possible. Anything else that you would do, Chris, in terms of making sure that you're not um, potentially sending an unwanted gift with your parcels or bottles that you're dropping off well there's a simple way to get around it isn't there and that's when the beers arrive just leave them in the box for four days yeah that'll cure any problems wash your hands don't cough on anything don't sneeze on anything it, it's not going to hurt to give the outside of the bottle like a bit of a wash down with a bit of soapy water before you put the label on it if you're going to do that just take all reasonable precautions if you are going to send beer out but i think probably the best thing that you can do is few days you stick it in the fridge in the box it's not going to matter if you if you have to wait another three days for it to clear in the fridge if it's been bottle conditioned or if it's straight off the keg just bang it in the fridge in the box leave it for four days and then job done you know you sort of there's no point. chance it's going to survive beyond that sort of time is there really it's uh that that's what the research currently says that that's not cast iron guarantee but the reality is that most viruses will only survive a few hours in the air and a couple of days on surfaces. Yeah, we should probably do a disclaimer here that we are not uh, <laughs> virus experts or anything like that, but it seems like it, you know this is just sort of reasonable precautions to be taking, which, um, you know, I mean, you're gonna, people are going to be getting deliveries from all sorts of other places and it's going to be the same kind of... Um, you know, potential issues that you need to be aware of there as well. Um, is there any concern at all about the actual contents of the bottles in terms of, you know, if somebody was infectious and the beer that they are packaging? I would say probably not. I think the reality is that the alcohol is going to denature the proteins in that pretty fast. And alcohol does have an action on fats. Uh, if you pour vodka into olive oil, you can mix them together. So there is a miscibility. There is some sort of action there. But I think the reality is probably not. And 99% of people these days are bottling off kegs anyway. So well, I don't, I I don't, don't know. know about 99%. <laughs> I think there's a hell of a lot of people. Okay, 99% of the people I know. 99% of the people on this podcast are. But... Uh... <laughs> I think there's a but lot of people out there. How's that work? There's only two of us. What does my left ear do? Bottle conditioning? Yeah, that's what I've heard. Does it? No, I had a twat's itching all the time. <laughs> I thought that was just an infection. Anyway, um, yeah, the point remains that you know, if you're not exposing the beer to you know somebody coughing and sneezing directly into it, it shouldn't be an issue, and uh, it's probably not going to be that happy even if it did get into the beer anyway. So um, yeah. 
just be sensible. Um, but don't, um, you know, I would say don't think that this is a reason not to be sending out beer mails or sharing your beers with people as long as you're doing that in a way that is safe and you're, again, still minimising any unnecessary contact with people um, where possible. So, yeah, maybe give somebody some beers. Don't go around and sit in their house for five hours drinking it with them and then going to party at the other friend's house and so on and so forth. That is bad juju. Um, Yes. uh, and wash your hands and wash your hands again yeah that's 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 kind of all we can do at the moment you know we can wash his hands and we can sneeze into a tissue and throw it in a bin we can cough into the crook of our arm or we can cough into our hands and then wash our hands immediately it's just basic sanitation for your hands and your body i've had to start using moisturizer on my hands i've been washing them so much you know it's it's just wash your hands, people. I've also had to join the hand cream brigade, so I've got my uh, Norwegian formula Neutrogena. It's uh, it's pretty good stuff, actually. It's uh... you posh bastard. <laughs> the wife bought it for me. Honestly, it wasn't my choice. <laughs> I've got E forty five. If I'd seen how much she probably paid for it, I'm sure I would have run a mile and uh, bought the um, the cheapest own brand stuff I could find on the shelf, but. Yeah, she. Let's put it this way, buddy. That's ten kilos of grain you ain't getting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was lucky I wasn't in the shop then, wasn't it? Really, but <laughs> it it is good stuff anyway. That's all that matters. That is literally all it that matters. Does the job. So I, I think I think <clears throat> staying safe. Don't go out if you don't have to. Support your local businesses. Support your local homebrew shop. Support these shops. Um, contact your local tap room. Get them to fill you a keg. It's not an issue. Most breweries that bottle or can keep the bottles and cans on site. You can order from them. Just don't think that just because you're ordering from Beer Hawk, you're not supporting that brewery. They still get a cut of that money. So just do what you can to keep things flowing and look after people. You know, this is this is one of those times where home brewing kind of becomes secondary to staying fuck alive. Um mortality rate on this virus is around about 2%, which is twice that of the Spanish flu, and that killed 200 million. So I think that's pretty much why they're putting these procedures and and um, and things in place for us to not die. So, Also, I do want to talk um, about China. If you've ordered anything from AliExpress, based on what I've just talked about with the time that this virus can live, don't worry about it. <laughs> six weeks in a box don't worry about it <laughs> that bloke could have had literally full-blown coronavirus and coughed all over whatever it is that you've bought yeah it's golden by the time you get here don't worry about it maybe if you find a uh bat that has snuck into the package you should be a little bit concerned yeah don't eat the yeah, bat. don't eat the desiccated bat who that eats find in there. bats yeah what the fuck is that about have you seen some of the pictures of how they serve it up as well it's not no they don't they don't fill it the bat it's not a little, it's you know, bat. goujon of bat that is served up. It's the bat in a bowl. <laughs> Nothing else done to it apart from it being <laughs> yes. cooked. I mean, seriously, go- Google it. it online and you, you'll think, yeah, they did. What the fuck were they thinking? Come on. Other search engines are available. <laughs> we are not sponsored by Google currently. Um, Thank God. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Jesus, like who eats bat? Why? Why? What what do you what do you have with bat? Does it go well with a rose? And the pictures I mean pictures I've seen of it. It's literally the bat sat up 
in the bowl, staring back at the person eating it. And there's Is it like a beer can bat? Uh yeah, but with like all the fur still on it and uh teeth still no. in and Yeah, yeah, seriously. You'll have to you'll have to look it up. Um, Man, that's how you cook a hedgehog though, yeah, to be fair. But yeah, strange times. Um they need to have a look at those look after uh, yourselves, people. Need to have a look at those animal markets out in China and start thinking about doing things a bit differently, don't they? Uh God damn it. I'm I'm sitting here. This is the first time I've actually thought about the fact that somebody ate a bat. Who eats bats? <laughs> Was there nothing else around? Did you walk past the cow and go, I don't fancy a fillet steak tonight? No, no, no. I couldn't possibly eat that chicken. No, no, no. What I want tonight is a small furry mammal with echolocation. What? It's not a craving that I've ever had. I can say that for sure. No, no. I get cravings for cheese. I get the occasional craving for a kebab, but bat, no. No. I can't really think what beer you would have to pair with that either. I mean, you know, maybe something dark. <laughs> but beyond that... Would he go well with a pint yeah. of Guinness? Uh, right. Who knows? I mean, I'll eat most things. I have eaten most things. But no, I'm not eating a bat. Yeah, I think I'd uh, skip the uh, the food course and just stick with a beer, personally, if that was offered up. Straight to fucking dessert. Yeah. Anyway, guys, so... Um, yeah, it's a bit yeah. of a departure from the usual topics, but it was just something that we felt like we had to kind of have a chat about on here because we do. It's crazy times. We did. Things are things are happening very quickly, and there's a hell of a lot going on. And like we said, you know, whatever you're doing, it's going to be affecting you in some way. And we just wanted to talk about it for a bit, really. So that's what we've done, and um, you know, tried to relate it a little bit to home brewing. But as Chris has said, you know, really. As much as it's uh, good to have that sort of hobby in this kind of circumstance for various reasons, it is also very secondary to, um, you know, paying attention to what's happening and looking after yourself and trying to keep you and all those near to you as safe and healthy as possible. So that's the main thing that we wanted to get across here. Just look after yourselves and um, be sensible and try and follow as much of the guidance as you can. And, uh, yeah, keep supporting everyone around you. and. Uh, uh, yeah, look after yourselves, guys, really. That's the main thing. Yeah, for God's sake, wash your hands. And wash your hands. Yeah. And if in doubt, wash them again. In fact, there's a really good picture on Facebook that I sent to Tricky, <laughs> and I tagged him in it earlier on. And I'm telling you, that girl, she knows how to wash her hands. Not that I saw her hands or the soap. Yeah. Um, or the fact that she was washing her hands. I'm not sure but- I actually learnt much hand-washing technique from that video, <laughs> to be honest. It was quite distracting. <laughs> I just had one word running through my head for the whole thing, and that was Brunsky. I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why. Yeah. Wash your hands, people. I'm out. Right. See you later, guys.